the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? It's Theological Thursday. We're going to talk about a big word, exegesis. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. That's me. Your bridge building voice right here in the nation's capital. So glad to be hanging out with you today on WAVA 105.1 FM right here out of Arlington, Virginia, covering all of the DMV. That's D.C., Maryland and Virginia, parts of Pennsylvania and West Virginia as well. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in. Of course, on our socials at Anderson Speaks and on YouTube as well at Anderson Speaks. Make sure that you subscribe there, that you like me, follow me, all that other good stuff. My handle for all my social media at Anderson Speaks. This is a call-in talk show, so anything uh, you want to talk to me about on Fridays, which is tomorrow, that's fair game. Ask me any question, talk about any topic on your heart. But this is how we normally roll, Marriage Mondays. Tough Topic Tuesdays, Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, and then Open Phone-In Fridays, anything you want to talk to me about. Now, on Saturday, we do have a special Saturday edition, so make sure you check that out from 3 to 3.30. And, of course, on Sundays, I do preach at Bridgeway Community Church in case you happen to be coming through Columbia, Maryland, or Owings Mills, Reisterstown, Maryland. Or if you want to see us online, just go to Bridgeway. Dot cc. That's bridgeway.cc. Well, today we're going to talk about exegesis versus eisegesis. We're going to tell you what that means in just a second. Uh, but before we do, I want to give you my phone number. I want to talk to you on this Theological Thursday about what that means. And we're talking about Bible interpretation at the end of the day. So how are you supposed to interpret the Bible? And what questions might you have about that? But first, let's do what we always do. Let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us your word. Now help us to understand how that word is supposed to be taught and studied and and effective in our life. We commit today's show and all my listeners to you now. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Now, there are a couple other ways you can get a hold of me. You can always go to andersonspeaks.com. Andersonspeaks.com. You can connect with me there. All the articles, videos, and other resources that might be helpful to you. Go to Andersonspeaks.com. And of course, you can always go to GracismGlobal.com. And, and uh, you know, we can help you with consulting and dealing with issues of race, reconciliation, 
diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. I did write a book called Gracism, The Art of Inclusion, and uh, had some help with the new edition with David Heiliger. So I think that's something that can be very helpful, not to mention a brand new video series is coming out whereby your company can use that uh, to have discussions around uh, reconciliation, diversity, and how to create a gracist culture. That's a good culture of grace, okay? Now, if you want to call me today, my phone number is 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. What's the difference between exegesis and eisegesis? Is there one that's better than the other? We're talking about Bible interpretation. What is exegesis? Well, in the Greek, ek means out of. So, for instance, in Matthew, when Jesus was being baptized, it says he came up out of the water, meaning out of. All right. And that's why you probably get Baptist or people who believe in baptism through immersion, because uh, sprinkling, you can't really come up out of that in the same way as if you were coming out of, let's say, the Jordan River. So ek means out of. Exegesis, exegesis means to lead into. So bottom line is exegesis is really bringing or guiding or leading out, all right? And so when you're reading the Bible, are you getting teaching that is leading out from the Bible? Or are you getting teaching that's reading into the Bible? That's eisegesis. Eisegesis is saying, I'm reading it and I'm putting into it what I believe it says. Exegesis is I'm uncovering and telling you what the text actually says. It's an exposition or an explanation of the text carefully in an objective, uh, analytical way, saying the word uh, says this. When they wrote the word, it meant this. And we observe the text, we, we interpret it, we, we correlate it with other passages to make sure we understand how that word is used. Uh, and then we want to apply it. Eisegesis, on the other hand, you read a text, and that really just becomes a diving board for the preacher to talk about really whatever he wants to talk about. So the preacher has a subject or a topic. He finds a passage that kind of underscores what he's trying to say, and then he builds his or her own sermon on, on that idea, not really the passage. The passage is there to support what he wants to say, but he wants to say or she wants to say X, Y, and Z, and she finds a passage that uh, kind of parallels to that. And it's not really explaining the passage, teaching the passage. It's simply utilizing the passage to get the point across that he or she wants to get across. Now, let me ask you, which one of these kinds of teachings do you prefer? When you go to, the, to church, when you turn on a television or uh, you turn on uh, your, your, you know, maybe YouTube or, or something like that, and you see preaching and you see teaching, what's most valuable to you? What are you looking for? Uh, exegesis or eisegesis? Now, eisegesis isn't totally bad, all right, just to be clear, um, but it's just not always accurate. I mean, it can be great for a motivational sermon, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a sermon that is telling you what this actual passage means. 
It's not about explaining the passage. Now, the Lord may have downloaded a word to your pastor or to your teacher, and they're giving you a word, and they're supporting it with Scripture. I'm not saying that's bad at all. I'm just saying you should know the difference between the two, and bad interpretation of the word is bad. Like, you don't, you don't want, you know, a pastor to say, this is what this word means. Now you have to go out and do it, unless it's truly what that word means, and that's where exegesis comes in. Because you want to make sure that he or she is telling you what that passage means according to God's word, then they can make an application of what they would like for you to do. That's exegesis. But eisegesis is, you know, this is this is maybe a point I just want to make. We all need to be kind, you know. And then I find a passage that that um, shows uh, somebody being kind to someone. Well, that's great. So it's not a bad thing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what that passage is about. That passage could be about something greater, uh, and and we use it for our purpose. Do you see the difference between the two? And by the way, Bible exposition then, which is exegesis, is basically you open up a passage and you break it down in such a way that people, when they walk away, actually know what the passage means, not just, of course, the stories that you tell. But we can talk more about it. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you prefer. Uh, I like it all. And there's so many different ways to teach the Word of God. I'll be right back. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. listened to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson and wondered how we come up with heartfelt discussions on Marriage Mondays or engaging topics on Tough Topic Tuesdays? Well, our listeners are our inspiration. We would love to keep hearing from you. So if you have an idea for the show, let us know because comprehension begins with conversation. Send us your ideas by sending an email to info at andersonspeaks.com and join the conversation on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. or do you know someone that needs encouragement? Dr. David Anderson has compiled his sermon series, Be Encouraged, into a book which will be sure to encourage yourself and others. For a donation in any amount, we'll send you a signed copy of the book. To make your donation, visit andersonspeaks.com, click on the donate button, and we'll send you your copy today. Best Buy waterproofing and Best Buy design build. So, who is this superhero guy flying over the neighborhood looking for leaky basements and leaky roofs to repair? Visit BestBuyWaterproofing.com or call 844-980-3707 to see what heroic home repair services look like. Basement waterproofing, mold and mildew remediation, structural repair, foundation crack injection, sump pump systems, roofing and gutters, siding and decks. So, you went to BestBuyWaterproofing.com and called 844-980-3707. Who's the real hero now? You are. We've got you covered from top to bottom. At Best Buy, your whole house is our business. Best Buy. Today is Theological Thursday. 
Join the conversation and call in at 888-432-7434. And now back to the show with your host, Dr. David Anderson. Thank you so much. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. It's Theological Thursday. If you're just joining us, I'm so glad that you are. Uh, but you got to put on your thinking caps. You know, we're not talking politics. We're not talking relationships. We're actually talking Bible interpretation. Woohoo! Some people get excited about that. Others are like, snore, let me go on to something else. But if you're kind of a Bible interpretation, you want to learn something, you want to know about God's Word today, that's what we're talking about, these two big words, exegesis, eisegesis. Ek means out of, so eisegesis is you're reading into the Word. Uh, exegesis is you're leading out from the Word. So what does the Word say? What do the words that were used when they were written say? Um, and, and in particular in the original language. So if in Hebrew uh, there's a word, find out what that word meant in Hebrew and why that author used that word. Because there could have been five different ways the author could have said it, but they used this particular word on purpose. And so that's observation. That's when you're looking at what the word means. But then in order to interpret it, you have to make sure you understand the context around it. Right. And so when we're studying God's word, we can't just read, lift up a verse and believe that we know exactly what it says without reading the context that it comes, you know, that it is coming out of. So if you're going to lead out of the scriptures, read out of the scriptures, if you want to get the meaning out of the passage, you need to read the verses around it and maybe even the broader context of what is that whole book about. So if Paul is writing about joy, you know, then when he does use a specific verse, you at least know what the background is. He happens to be in prison. He's writing a letter to the Philippians. Who were the Philippians? That sort of thing. So that way you can understand um, what, you know, he might be trying to say. And I would also say that different parts of the scriptures should be interpreted differently. You know, does that make sense? For instance, if you have the poetic books, the wisdom books, they're going to be looked at differently than the Gospels. The Gospels are going to be interpreted differently than the Epistles. The Epistles are going to be different than the Pentateuch. And all of those are going to be different than the book of Revela Daniel and Revelation. It, but if you don't know that and you just open up the Bible, stick your finger there and read it literally, you may not actually have the right meaning at all. So this is why exegesis is important because you're looking at not just the words, but the context. And you're not just looking at the context, but you're looking at the correlation. Now you might be saying, what's correlation? Correlation is when I read this text, but I look at the rest of the Bible to see how it's correlated with other places. So when I read Revelation, I want to read Daniel because they kind of go together. Or if I'm reading uh, the Gospels, there are, you know, three or four, four Gospels, but three of them are synoptic Gospels. If you're reading one story about Jesus in Matthew, and then you read that same story in Luke, read them both together to put the whole picture together because they may correlate. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I don't know if this is helpful to anybody. I don't know if I put you to sleep or if you love this kind of stuff. If you love it, call me. Ask me questions. Interact with me. Let me give you the number. Then I'll go to the phone lines. 888-432-7434. And what kind of Bible teaching do you like? What kind of Bible preaching do you like? Preaching and teaching are different. Some people want to go to church for teaching only, which is more like a class. 
Others want to go to church for preaching only, which is much more like motivation. And then some people like a good mix of, yes, I want to be informed, but I also want to be inspired. Give me both. Give me information where I learn something, but give me inspiration where I live something. What do you like? Give me a call. 888-43-BRIDGE. All right, let's kick it off in Quantico, uh, Quantico, Virginia, with Brian, who's on the line. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Uh, good day, sir. How are you doing, Dr. Anderson? Good day. God bless you. Thank you for hanging with me today. What are you thinking about this topic? It didn't bore you, did it? No, no. I love this. I've heard you preach before, so I think you're more of like an eisegesis person. Is that correct? I would say that it depends on the topics. For instance, every summer I do an Old Testament character study. So I'm in one right now on Abram. So that's going to be more exegesis. But I'm more topical exposition is where I'd put it, which is you, you exegete the text to make sure you really understand it. And then what you do, you put pictures, jokes, and illustrations around it to motivate people to live it out. So I would live in between exegesis and eisegesis, if you were to put it that way. Yeah, and I was just messing with you, Dr. Anderson. Oh. I never heard you preach. Oh, so but you I lied. definitely want to. <laughs> I just did. I, I'm sorry. I, I just said. But really, I, just from hearing the godly wisdom that you give, yeah. I can kind of tell, like, the way you know, someone probably preaches. I do want to hear you preach. You but should. all my favorite preachers, they preach the same way. It's exegesis. They're not trying to come up with their own, you know, different interpretations of what this means. They just read it for what it is, what it means. And, of course, they did have different personalities and stuff, and that's a blessing. Right. But I, I'm just so thankful for, like, pastors like you and ones that are so gifted by the Holy Spirit because, I mean, like I said, I've never heard you preach, but I can tell just by the way you, you know, talk and give wisdom that you're one of the, the ones I like just because— like I said, it's such a blessing to, to listen to them. And I try to tell those pastors, too, you know, I thank you for the way that you, you teach and, you know, try to make up your own stuff. But I realize that really I, I'm, I'm telling I'm thanking God because I know the Holy Spirit's the one that gifts them, you know, that way. But my mom is into, like, the health, love, prosperity thing where a lot of them kind of preachers are kind of they'll just make a text go with whatever kind of story they correct. want to tell. Correct. But like well, well, you you thing, owe me you right? owe me now. You owe me, Brian. I want you I to do. go. I want you to go watch my last two sermons on Abram. Just go on YouTube, and I okay. think you put in. I think it's you know what is it Bridgeway? Hang on, let me look. Tell me what it is. It's Bridgeway, Maryland. I think you can ask the pastor. Yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> even know. I don't even know what it is. But somehow search me, find Abram, and watch the last two sermons. You owe me on that one. Then call me back and tell me if you liked it. <laughs> yeah, Deal? definitely. And like, but like I said, I mean, the way to do it, like exegesis is, you know, whether you're studying the Bible yourself or listening to different teachers or pastors, I mean, that's the way to go. I hope everyone comes, it's, you know, sometime in their, you know, Christian life that they come to realize that. So yeah. that's all I have to say. All right, my God friend. Bless hey, blessings back to you. That's uh, you Brian. YouTube, Brian, and, uh, and Quantico. Okay, so I just went on YouTube, and uh, it's Bridgeway Community Church, but there's so many of them, you know, so just look for, uh, you know, just put in Bridgeway Community Church and then look for me, okay? 
Okay, thank All you, right. sir. God bless you. Thank you. All right, so listen, uh, y'all can confirm this for me if you're by a phone. Uh, and while you're there, if you put in, oh, it's at Bridgeway MD, so at Bridgeway Maryland, that's what it is. All right, or you can search Bridgeway Community Church, but at Bridgeway MD. And it looks like we have about 7,000 subscribers. So can you guys subscribe to that to get us up higher? And then what happens is whatever I'm on or the church is on, they'll give you a little ding to let you know in case you want to watch us. But then you'll see my uh, my sermon. They're about 38 minutes to 45 minutes long. So there you have it. All right. So I want you to check it out. All right. So I'm not saying I'm the best preacher in the world at all. And with my personality, uh, you're probably not going to get just straight uh, Greek words and Hebrew words. You're going to get me adding illustrations, jokes, and inspiration to try to uh, get you really where you need to go. So, hey, listen, I'm going to run to the phone lines now and talk to Chester in Bowie, Maryland. Hey, Chester, it's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Hey, Dr. Anderson, how you doing, man? I, I'm enjoying the um, lesson. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not tired about this thing at all. Okay, but, uh, good. I really enjoyed this lesson. <laughs> I had just one question. I'll take it off the line, okay? Sure, sure. Okay, how can I use these two methods of ISO, EXO and ISO to apply to today's um, events and um, circumstances that are happening today. Thank you. I'll take you got Does that it. make it clear? Yes. Yeah. Okay, thank you, you very got much. got it clear. Thank Blessings you. to you. Well, again, exegesis is going to tell us what's in the Word and, and bring out of the Word what is meant uh, in the Word. So that's always the first step. Observe the Word. Right. And then once you understand what did Mark mean by that in the scripture, what did God mean when he wrote that story of Jonah? You know, what does that mean? Then what you want to do is say, now, how does this how does this apply to me and to us today? What happens is people read the word and they say, OK, this is what it means to me. God loves me. God cares for me. Yes, that's true. No doubt about it. But but what did that love and care look like? When, when God was, you know, sending uh, troops into Ai with Joshua. You see, so it, it's important to really look at what the Scripture says and then ask what the Scripture means and then ask what's the Scripture mean to me. So in answer to your question, how do you translate it to this day? First start with knowing what it means and knowing what God is saying and then ask God, so how can I apply this today or how can we apply this today okay so for instance when god said to abram get up and go great but why did he say to abram get up and go and what's the text from whence that happens so we'll read genesis 12 and we'll see he promises abraham that he's going to bless the world through him but if you go backwards to genesis 11 you can see that his father and family were stuck in a place called Haran, and they were trying to get to Canaan, but they never kept going. Why? And when you understand that, then it makes sense. Where he's like, but you got to get up and go. Your daddy didn't get there. He was stuck, but you got to keep going. So I hope this is helpful to you. I'm going to go to um, Spotsylvania, Virginia, and talk to Terry. Hi, Terry. It's Dr. Anderson. How are you? Terry, are you there? Going once. Uh, yes, I'm here. There you, you go. Hello. Hi, how are you? I got about a minute left, and I want to hear from you. I'm doing good. 
Okay. Well, I just wanted to share just a rule of thumb that my father gave me when I started studying the word. Mm -hmm. Um, He's passed away now, but I just keep it in my heart. Okay. Um, That when when you're looking at a scripture, go five to six verses before the scripture and Mm -hmm. five to six verses after. Yeah. To get the context. That's right. Of what it is. That's right. And go from there. And then if you don't understand it still, there's commentaries out there that can help you. Yeah, that your, way you don't go off the path of what it actually is. Your dad gave you good advice. <laughs> he really did. Yeah, he, he really did. And by the I way, agree. by the way, in the New Testament, whenever you see the word "therefore," you always want to look back yeah. in the previous verses to find out what it's there for. Therefore, yes, I've heard that too. Exactly. So I hope that's uh, help. Thanks a lot, Terry. Okay. Sure. Thank you. All right. Take care. God bless. God bless you. Hey, listen, we're talking about Bible interpretation. It's Theological Thursday. We're talking about the difference between exegesis and eisegesis. I believe that exegesis tells you what it says from the text, bring it out. Eisegesis is what you're reading into the text. It's really not Bible interpretation. It may be more preaching. It may be more imagination. Not saying that that's terrible. I'm just saying you can't always say that that's what this text means. And you don't want to make that jump and make people uh, live something that actually the text is not telling them to live. Otherwise, that's called misinterpretation, which is a danger of eisegesis. When I come back, I want to know what you prefer. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Want to know my best tip to find outfits for home, work, and working out and getting everything for less? Shop at Kohl's. With their friends and family sale, I saved an extra 20% on already great deals, like 30% off the cute dress for me, tech gear activewear for under 12 bucks for my husband, and more. Plus, I earned Kohl's cash on all of it. So what are you waiting for? Get to Kohl's. Select styles. 20% offer ends August 27th. Some exclusions apply. See storeorkles.com for details. Have you ever noticed that when the afternoon light hits your floors, you can see everything, including dust? So much dust. And that floor dust gets kicked up into the air, compromising the quality of air you and your family breathe. Eesh. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper is the fast and easy way to clean your floors with ultra-thick pads that trap and lock dust before it gets in the air. Just a couple minutes a day. And dust is gone. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper. (sighs) Proud partner of the American Lung Association. If God is so loving, how could he send anyone to hell? Good question, and it deserves an answer. John MacArthur tackles a truth that may be difficult to accept, but it's central to both God's character and to the gospel we are called to proclaim. Be here for John's study, Wicked World, Angry God, on Grace to You. Weekdays at 1.30 a.m. and 9 a.m. on WAVA. Alexa can play WAVA-FM and hear us wherever you are on our mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, or Radio.com. Pastors and ministry leaders, join us October 3rd for the WAVA One Heart, One Mind Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. To register, go to WAVA.com. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. News. Attention, your withdrawal has been denied by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. 
I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. Welcome to the second half of the program. We are talking about exegesis. Do you know what that word means? You know how to spell it? Versus eisegesis. It's Theological Thursday, so uh, if you're uh, not into the uh, sort of the academic kind of conversation, you may not like this so much. It's not politics. It's not social justice. It's not relationships. It's not finances or business. It's straight up theology. Exegesis versus eisegesis. What's the difference between the two? Is one better than the other? And what do you prefer when it comes to uh, hearing the word of God taught or or preached? Well, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who rightly handles the word of God, who rightly divides the word of truth. And so dividing the word of truth means that when you read the scripture, you're not going to do eisegesis only where you kind of read into it. And that's what it means. Uh, eisegesis means to lead into. Exegesis means to lead out of. Ek, like come, Jesus being baptized, it says he came out of the water. Ek, exit. All right. So you're bringing out of, you're bringing out of uh, the text what it actually means. Right. And so once you know what it means, then you can interpret it not only for what God's trying to what God was saying in that text, but then you can say, how does it correlate with other things that God has said in the Bible? That's the broader context. Right. And then because you want to make sure you don't build your theology on one text or one idea. You have to correlate it to see what other places in the Bible support that or say something differently so you can understand how it works. Because if you just read uh, Romans and you read Paul, you know, salvation comes by faith and faith alone. But then if you go read James, it's like James is saying faith without works is dead. You got to work. And so if you're not careful, someone could be work salvation. The only way you, you can be saved is by working salvation. And then you read Ephesians, it says work out your, so, your salvation uh, with fear and trembling. And so if you're not careful, you just read one sort of genre or set of letters without understanding the context of all the other ones. So then once you do a comprehensive study on all of them, you can say, now let me let me tell you what it means. It means that salvation comes by faith alone, but the proof of that faith is that you're working it out. And if you're not working it out, if it's not coming out of you, maybe it's because it's not in you. You see, now you can come up with a more comprehensive understanding of what salvation is. Well, if you want to talk about this, if you want to tell me what kind of teaching, preaching you prefer, if you have questions maybe even about doctrine and what a passage uh, might mean, uh, you know, I'll tell you if I know what it means or not. If I don't, I'm not going to fake it. Um, but if I do, I'm going to tell you. Uh, my number is 
That's 888-432-7434. Or just remember the word bridge in case you're driving. You can't get it all down. 888-43-BRIDGE. Hello to uh, Suzette Tom, who's on my Facebook page, as well as Daryl Musgrove. Thank you so much for uh, your your comments there. And um, let me just kind of go back and spell it for you in case you're like, I, I need to know what this word looks like. It's E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. Exegesis. Eisegesis is E-I-S-E-G-E-S-I-S. Let me say it again. E-I-S-E-G-E-S-I-S means to lead into. Exegesis, lead out of. Eisegesis, lead into. Which means that the interpreter is injecting his or her own ideas into the text, making it mean whatever he or she wants. That's not good, of course. But, you know, eisegesis has more to do with presentation, uh, imagination, you know, what do I want to present, uh, proof texting, here's my idea, so let me throw five different, um, uh, you know, verses that use that same word behind the idea that I have, not realizing that that may not be what the text actually means, um, more like an explanation where your scripture passage is fitting into the idea that you want as the preacher, you know, so Understand that when we're examining God's word, we need to examine it from an exegetical standpoint, and then we can become more poetic, artistic, and I think that that's fine, especially for those of you who are preachers and teachers. If you do not, listen, mate, here's a, I don't want to call it a trick. What's the word I want to use? Here's a technique that can be helpful. I've, and I've, I've taught this to so many people. Every point needs a picture. All right. So if you're trying to make a point in a message, let's say you have three points, you know, your points ought to have a picture, a quote, something to add color to it so people can understand it. Even if it's not every single point, if you have six points, you don't need six stories, but you you may need an overall point where you break those three sub points down. But at the end of the sermon, at the end of all of your Bible teaching, whether it's in a Bible study or whether it's in a small group, or whether it's teaching a class, or teaching a congregation. What I try to do is at the end of all the writing of my pages of notes, I try to say, what's my sermon in a sentence? Because I can talk a six, 10, 16 pages worth of teaching, preaching stories and jokes, and that's just a lot of words. If I can't put it in a sentence, then I know that they're not going to get it. Like, they're going to amen everything I say, but they're not going to walk out and know what that sermon uh, is about. And so what I had to do my this last Sunday, my sermon on Abram, just say no, and it was the whole story of Abram's wife saying, hey, take my maidservant Hagar and go sleep with her, and, and we can have our you know promise from God that way. Well, I can you know, teach that, preach that, walk across the stage, make people laugh. I can do all of that. But at the end of the day, my sermon in a sentence was, we can trust God's promises even when we cannot see his plans. That was my sermon in a sentence. I said it at the beginning through prayer. I peppered it in three or four times throughout the sermon. And at the end, when I sort of dropped the mic, I said it one more time. 
that the, you know, the one thing you get out of this word is this, that when you cannot see God's plans, you can hold on, you can trust his promises. So when these other things come your way to distract you, just say no. I hope that's helpful to somebody. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. I got to run to my break. When I get back, I'm coming right back to the phone line. saw that neighbors had their grass that was way too long. They had all kinds of clovers in the grass. You're wishing as you drive silently, I wish they would mow their lawn. Well, guess what? Why don't you get them a gift? (laughs) Call Laser Landscaping and let them cut the lawn for your neighbors. Go to Laser with a Z Landscaping LLC on Facebook or give them a call if you want them to beautify your lawn. 240-516-4967 for those who live in the Prince George's County and surrounding areas. Their number, once again, 240-516-4967. It's Laser Landscaping, or just ask for the owner, Fidel, and make sure you tell Fidel that Dr. Anderson sent you. talk with Dr. David Anderson? You can now catch Dr. Anderson's half-hour radio highlight show on Saturdays at 3 p.m. right here on WAVA 105.1. You'll enjoy recent conversations he's had with callers to this show. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, Saturday, 3 p.m. on WAVA. Check it out. For more information about Dr. Anderson, visit andersonspeaks.com. talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're talking about the excitement of exegesis and eisegesis. I I love this kind of stuff, y'all. The difference between the two, if you're just joining us, eisegesis is when you are reading into the text 
Maybe it's not even what it says. Exegesis is when you're reading out of the text, pulling out what the text actually means. Um, But here's the thing. I want to be careful to make sure that I tell Bible teachers and those of you who are studying, don't get so caught up in the original language of Hebrew and Greek that you miss the cultural context. Because what I see some teachers doing, and they think that they're so biblical, I mean, they're teaching classes and everything, but I'm looking at them like, they've missed it. They say, well, this word in the Greek means this. And they break that whole word down, and you really have a good understanding of the word. Come to find out that the cultural context wasn't even talking about that. For instance, and then I'll take your phone calls. My number's 888-43-BRIDGE. And uh, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. in just a minute and talk to Sonny. But hold on. If you were to hear me say, the girl wearing those jeans is bad. And I wrote that down. I put it in a bottle, sent it down the river. And 500 years later, somebody picks up the bottle, breaks it open, And they say, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And then they read the note inside. And that preacher says, girls wearing jeans is bad. And then he starts preaching it. The word bad is the opposite of the word good. And God wants us to be good and not bad. And so now he's preaching and building a whole theology. Girls should not wear jeans because it's bad in the eyes of God. But what that guy should have done, It's not just look at the the word bad in American English and say, this is what bad means, therefore. What he should have done was go back to the context of 500 years earlier to see that bad could actually mean good. For instance, Michael Jackson wrote a whole album, and it was called what? Bad. Or you see a really nice car, and man, that car is what? Bad. And for guys that like to see girls in jeans, man, that girl wearing those jeans, she is bad now do you think that he was saying bad like not good (laughs) see what i'm saying and so we have to understand that just because you know what a greek word means if you don't know how it was being used in that context of that culture then you could be misinterpreting it and preaching so no girls could ever wear jeans because god says it's bad and that's just not in the bible you see what i'm saying okay I think you got me. All right, I'm going now to the phone lines. Washington, D.C., I've got Son on the line. Hello, Son. How are you today? I'm well, Dr. Anderson. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thank you for calling. What are you thinking? I'm alive and grateful. I love it. Yes, I love your topic. I really enjoy it. I I really like exegesis, but I also love eisegesis as well. But my question is about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Okay. Um, now, I was taught that it's a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, but now I heard, well, someone brought to my attention that the trinity came from the Catholic Church. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and that Trinity is not in the Bible anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm asking, when we pray, we pray, well, I do, God, you know, um, 
God the Father, or I say Father God, Jehovah, Jesus Christ. That's how I pray. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I go into my prayer. And sometimes when something, and I say, well, the Holy Spirit brought this to my attention, or the Holy Spirit told me to do this. Or mm-hmm. sometimes I say, Jesus told me to do this, or God told me to do this. Mm-hmm. So is it wrong to, um, uh, what is it? Is it wrong to omit the Holy Spirit? Yes, it's wrong to omit the Holy Spirit. Yes. You want to acknowledge you want to acknowledge the Holy Spirit because he is uh, he's God and he's, you know, God God is one. But in three persons, God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. Now, your friend was right when he said Trinity, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, Mm -hmm. but the Mm -hmm. the concept of the triune God is. So mm-hmm, Trinity mm-hmm. is just our word. Like if I were to say one, two, three, I could also say thrice. And if, right. and if somebody mm-hmm. says, but, but I've never seen thrice in the Bible, so thrice doesn't mean one, two, three. No, that's not true. Right. It still means one, two, three, right. whether you use the word thrice or ever want to use the word thrice. If you're going to if you're going to like trip over that word then don't use thrice, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to trip over Trinity because you don't see the word Trinity, then say triune God. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. bottom line is God, the Father, God, the Son, mm-hmm. God, the Holy Spirit were together from the very beginning to the very end. And whatever aspect of God you need in that moment, you can call mm-hmm. on him that way. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Okay. So, yeah, it makes sense. So, um, my what else? I, I was going to ask, um, like, the Holy Spirit, is is it Jesus? Is that a... Um, a what is that? What am I trying to say? Is the Holy Spirit like is that part of Jesus or is it no. is it part of God or is it separate? It's just an entity, like you said, of of, of spirit. The the Holy Spirit. Oh, so God God mm-hmm. the Father is the Father, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus right. is the mm-hmm. Son, and the Holy Spirit right. is the Spirit of Jesus or God's Spirit. Three distinct persons. Okay, that's what I was trying to ask. Yeah, mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. distinct persons. Mm-hmm but one God. Mm -hmm. They each have their own personality. They each have their own personhood. They have feelings and everything, but it's one God. Right. Now, of course, the triune God is not always easy to understand, but this is what I want you to go away with before I let you go. It says Mm -hmm. in Genesis 1-1, right at the very beginning of the Bible, it says, in Mm -hmm. the beginning, Mm -hmm. God created Mm -hmm. the heavens and the earth, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Now, check this out. The word God is Elohim, which is plural. That means in the beginning, God, plural, created the heavens and the earth. God who? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Right there. So we see him in the very first verse of the Bible. Not just God the Father, but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, as well as all throughout the scriptures. So don't ignore him. Right. So, okay. Don't mm-hmm. ignore Okay. One last question before we hang up. Um, when Jesus go and sit by, sit next to the Father on the right hand side, mm-hmm. where's the Holy Spirit? Where's the Holy Spirit? That's a good question. Because whole, he mm-hmm. said, "I'm sitting here by my Father," you know, on the right side. That's right, and the Holy Spirit is so, all mm-hmm. is all around, right? Because He's a spirit, mm-hmm. right? And so, as right, a, as a right, spirit, right. He's all around in the atmosphere. I don't know what He's doing at that point in time, but I, hopefully, that's that's <laughs> uh-huh. at least helpful to you. I gotta run. Okay. Blessings Thank you, Dr. Anderson. You. Good talking with you. I'll be right back. 
Attention taxpayers. If you or your business owe the IRS back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, the IRS has greenlighted billions of dollars in tax relief to those facing financial hardship through its tax relief initiatives. If you have a delinquent tax problem and possibly facing wage garnishment, liens, levies, audits, or already in a payment plan, you may now qualify for significant relief. Qualifying and enrolling in this program could stop all collections, settle your tax problem, and may even reduce what you owe by up to 99%. Call the hotline at Tax Help USA to see if you qualify and receive your free tax assessment by dialing 800-419-0017. If you or your business owe back taxes to the IRS or state, you can now get the help that you need during these hard economic times. Get your free tax assessment to see what you qualify for by dialing 800-419-0017. 800-419-0017. That's 800-419-0017. This is Steve Reynolds, president of Capital Baptist Bible Institute. Are you thirsty for more knowledge of the Bible but don't have the time or the money to attend a full-time Bible college or seminary? Come join us at Capital Baptist Bible Institute and conveniently earn a diploma in biblical studies. You'll get to know God's Word inside and out as you explore the New Testament, Old Testament, and theology. Our classes meet only on Monday nights, and the tuition is only $195 per semester. We're conveniently located right off the Beltway in Northern Virginia. So, if God's been tugging on your soul to learn more about His Word, then say yes to His call. Attend Capital Baptist Bible Institute and earn your diploma in biblical studies. Register right now by calling 703-568-7484. That's 703-568-7484. Capital Baptist Bible Institute, the convenient Bible education. 703-568-7484. Go to CapitalBibleInstitute.org. That's CapitalBibleInstitute.org. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE and your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. talking about the difference between eisegesis and exegesis. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Uh, for those of you who uh, may not know much about that, it's some theological stuff, but I tell you, it's really good because when you're studying God's Word, you want to know what God's Word means. You want to know what it says, and you, you, you know, this is why we need teachers, because, you know, there are people who have studied the Word of God, and they've studied it long, and hard, and, and, and so they're there to teach us. Of course, the Holy Spirit is our great teacher. We know that. But this is why you need to you know honor those who preach God's word. 
and study. They take hours and hours and hours to break things down so you can sit and receive. It's like a chef who's making a great meal. Yes, you probably could cook for yourself, and you should, but at the end of the day, here's somebody that took time to go grocery shopping to think, get a food plan to figure out what you're going to eat and all of that. And so thank them for cooking, right? Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. Thank uh, the men and the women of God who are taking the time uh, to do what you don't have to do now because, you know, you're working, you come home, and the meal is done, right? Thank them, right? And uh, it's the same with when you go to church on Sundays. You know, if somebody's been laboring throughout the week to rightly divide God's word and truth and then try to put it into an art form of uh, homiletics, which means the art of preaching, and, you know, hermeneutics, which means the, the way you study the Bible, and they've observed the text, they've interpreted it, they've uh, cried out to God to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to say in this context at this time? All of that takes work. And and so when you come in and, and you see that the man or the woman of God are are rightly dividing the word, trying to encourage your heart, trying to stimulate your mind and expand your thinking, uh, you know, the least you can do is say thank you. It may not be your favorite sermon, right? It may not be uh, the best sermon you heard by listening to somebody on the radio and that sort of thing. But if you see somebody up there and they've spent 30 hours trying to distill a thought into 35 to 40 minutes, that act alone, and they're doing it because they want to help your spiritual life and encourage your life that week, the least you can do is say thank you. Now, let me leave you with this. There, I try to remember the way the Word of God is broken into four broad categories, and it all begins with a P. All right, the first one is Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the Bible, Penta, five, right? That's the first five books of the Bible. The second is past history. That's the next 12 books, past history. These are your history books, your historical books. Then poetry and wisdom, all right, poetry. So Pentateuch, past, poetry, which includes the wisdom books. There's five of those, and prophets. Pentateuch, past, poetry, prophets. That's how I divide the Old Testament, right? And it's 5, 12, 5, 17. That equals 39 books of the Old Testament. 5, Pentateuch, 12, past history, 5, poetry, 17, prophets. There's a lot more there, but if you're just saying in the Old Testament, I opened it up and I stuck my finger somewhere, asked the question, did I stick it in the Pentateuch? past history, poetry, or prophets, because I have to interpret it based on that context. Well, hopefully this is helpful to you. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for sending it. And as you send it to do what you've called it to do, I pray, Lord, that it would transform our minds in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Help your children. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.